Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's so many stories of good ministry and connection that goes on in our congregation. It happens over and over and over and over again. And while I tried to figure out this sermon, I tried to have them done by Thursday. It really didn't come together this week. But at a funeral yesterday, actually at two funerals yesterday, one at 11 and one at 1. And after the 1 at 11, my mom was preparing the communion stuff for the service this morning, and she said, I think I had that Whitaker girl in my class in second grade. Now, honestly, as a good son of my mother, I thought, aren't all the children you taught, you know, old? <laughs> and I grabbed Aunt Whitaker and I said, you need to come see somebody. And as soon as her eyes hit my mother's eyes, they started talking and yapping and connecting. Remember, 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 remember. And second grade this and second grade that. What are you doing? And where are you at? How's it going? She said, well, I've been to New York and I've been to London. I've been studying and growing and, and all of those things. That's how your church works. That's how St. John's works. It's not something that just happens on Sunday. It's not just one level, one dimension. St. John's goes both wider and deeper at the same time. And it's a miraculous thing. It's a, a miraculous community that people haven't seen one another for years immediately re reconnect and immediately pull in common what happened, say, in a second grade, second grade classroom or the youth event, or a hundred years ago. It's just amazing how our congregation works. Encouragement and care and instruction and high standards and schools that make an enormous impact in an ongoing way in the lives of all who serve there, all who are served there, all the parents. I'm reminded when Pastor Gibson preached, he said, God does infinitely more than all we can ask or imagine. This Wednesday when we open our school, the parents are gonna get a load of that. They've asked for a curriculum filled with values. They've asked for a curriculum that's got more of a traditional feel to it. They've asked for a community that has Christ wrapped around it and they're gonna get infinitely more than they can ask or imagine. Because that's what we do. I wasn't there, but I've read that in 1882, things were popping here in the city of Richland, Orange at that point. When Chapman and Glacelle did their thing and a little group of about 13 families of Lutherans came around out where Rod's Liquor used to be and now the boss cat thing is. And, and they said, well, we have to have a church. They said it in German. Vermust ein Kirchenhaben or something like that. Some of the names are still sitting in our pews. As a matter of fact, some of the pews were moved over from the previous church by the families of that 103 years ago. One of those rare churches where someone could say, you're sitting in my pew, and you literally are sitting in their family's pew. St. John's was started in February of 1882, and already on February 11th of 1883, 
Pastor Kogler and the immigrants, the people said, we have to train our children. And the school was started with somewhere between 40 and 50 students. The education was so important to the founders of our church that Pastor Kogler himself was the teacher. That's how important Christian education was and is at St. John's Orange. Your congregation runs the single largest K-8 Lutheran school in the nation. And this year we grew by almost 50 new students, over 200 new families. Think of that. It's what we do, it's in our DNA. We don't know how to not do school. There's not another church in our denomination. There's not another church in Orange County, the mega huge churches included, that do what your church does beginning this Wednesday at about eight o'clock. Our theme verse this year for our school is from Psalm 62, verse five. And I wanna start at verse one and give you a little running start at that. I'm sorry, Psalm 62, verse two. Truly my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. A long time ago, when I was a youth pastor here, one of our high school students, Emily Ames, wrote a beautiful song to that. When I read that piece from Psalm 62, I hear Emily's voice singing her beautiful, beautiful voice into my ear. For the school population here and across the world, it seems like it's been shaken repeatedly. Our Lord offers that promise, a promise that brings us into focus. For leaders and administrators over the last 18 months that seem to make decisions while their feet are sinking in quicksand, this verse brings comfort. He is my rock, my fortress, my salvation, and I will not be shaken. He, not me. He, not you. He, not us together. He, the one, the singular, the Lord. He is our rock and our salvation and our fortress. Not my decisions, my autonomy, my opinions, my attitudes, my needs, my likes, my dislikes. He, he, he. He is our rock, our salvation, our fortress. In him, we will not be shaken. In him, we will find resiliency and protection and the courage to press forward at a very peculiar time in the history of humanity. Students who come to our school get infinitely more, as I said a few moments ago. They don't know what they're in for. The largest single worship gathering in our congregation happens Wednesday mornings at about 8.35, when 800 plus students, their teachers, their aides, and the whole community gathers together in worship. That is a phenomenal piece of our community. When the children sing, when the children participate, when the children read, when the children lead music, when the children do the tech and flick the slides, with all of the shaking in the world going on right now, on Wednesday morning at 8.30, our kids will put their feet on the solid ground of Jesus and 
boy, are we ready for them. They will put their feet on the rock and sturdy platform of the Lord for their lives. COVID, culture, and crud, all that has sought to shake us up, and yet the church and dedicated Christians have not been shaken. It seems to me that our congregation, along with many other local congregations, has gotten stronger and more resilient and more aligned around mission than maybe ever in the history, the recent history of the church. We will not be shaken because we are in the Lord. And as the world shakes, we find stability in the Lord. We are connected to Him through faith. We are a sturdy and a strong and a hopeful people who live in a sturdy and a strong and a hopeful community. The community of St. John's Orange. He is our rock. He is our salvation. Marvelous that David would say that while all of his suitors were kind of collaborating and conspiring against him. He knew that his salvation was not in his own gifts, in his own works, in his own ability to be cunning or strong. He knew that his salvation was found in the Lord, not in politics, in monarchies, in autocrats, in senators or bureaucrats, but rather salvation was found in the Lord. David wrote this psalm some 400 years before Jesus' birth. And David was a direct ancestor of Jesus of Nazareth. As a matter of fact, when Jesus walked in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they said, Hosanna, hail to the son of David. Jesus, the son of David, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered, died, was buried, rose again from the dead, and ascended into heaven. That Jesus is our salvation. And in him, we find forgiveness of our sins and peace with God. We have an eternity that is certain through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the son of David. That faith, that grace, solid platform, solid foundation upon which to build a life. Living in Jesus and in the community of the church, hear me, living in Jesus and in the community of the church is the best way to live. Our worldview and our lifestyle and the rhythms of our lives go back before Jesus, all the way back to the lesson I read from Deuteronomy. Our salvation and the solid peace of grace through faith in Jesus Christ allows us something that people who base their lives on themselves just don't have and don't understand. And our kids who come on Wednesday are going to get an earful. It's amazing how that works. And he is our fortress. We've withstood a lot. We can withstand so much and probably so much more. We are a resilient people. We are a resilient congregation. God is our fortress. We sing that all the time. In 30 years of serving as pastor, I know what tune you like best. I know what tune I get emails on on that well. Why are we singing that one? So the words are the same. They said, so what? Mighty fortress. We are protected from attack 
after attack, after attack. I don't know about you, but for me, it feels like we've been under attack for the last 18 months. We would make decisions about health and safety of students, families, worshipers, and staff, and then everything would change. As a matter of fact, we are having that happen again. When we had everything lined up last week, we've got to change again. And yet he is our fortress. We are not exposed. We are not unprotected. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob goes before us. He is our fortress, our protector. And no matter what, in Jesus, we, we prevail. Our rock, our salvation. I've been a pastor a little bit more than 30 years. I was ordained 30 years ago, July 15th, 1991, Faith Lutheran Church in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. After 21 months, I came here. So you can do the math. On a very cold night, December of 1992, Pastor Ash called me on the phone. <laughs> and not knowing him then as well as I know him now, I didn't realize what a comment this was. Pastor Ash said to me, he said, the most incredible thing just happened. We called you to be the youth pastor at our church. <laughs> We had long gone to bed. The electric heater in our house couldn't keep the frost off the windows. Our little baby was fast asleep, who's now 30. And God called Barb and I and Justin here. And there are three things for which over 30 years I am deeply grateful. I'm grateful for your patience and your kindness. We have a phenomenal culture at our church. Pastors call from across the nation. I had a phone call yesterday. He said, what are you doing at St. John's? That people are so connected. I said, I don't know. He said, how do we get that in our church? I said, well, start in 1882 and see how it goes. St. John's had a great culture long before I darkened the door. I believe it started with Pastor Kogler and those pioneers. We have a culture of encouragement and love. I've got a basket of cards in my office, hundreds of them, with affirmation and kindness. And those cards outnumber the critical emails by probably 50 to 1. Your heart, the heart of this church, makes serving here a joy and a good thing. My family is better today because you called me here so many years ago. The opportunities that I and my wife have had and that my children have had are surreal. And for that, I'm grateful. Thank you also for your fine leadership. Over 20 years ago, Mark Stunkel, who was then chairman of the congregation, offered these words of wisdom to a young senior pastor. 
He said, Pastor, just keep shoveling coal in the engine and keep the church on the tracks and everything will be fine. When you called me to be senior pastor, I was outside of the, Zen, the then Sears store on a cell phone that was about this big in the Brea Mall. Some of the leaders I've worked with have been the congregational chairs whose level of commitment and dedication to this place is unreal. Chris Victoria here with us this morning, having guided our congregation marvelously through the pandemic. The right man with the right temperament at the right time. Ron Levesque, Jeff Lyle, Ron Van Blarkham, Randy Bosch, and Mark Stunkel. Such fine leaders. So many fine staff people that we've had. Some who come and stay, some who come and are trained and then head into other fields of service. I think you're the only church to spin out two senior pastors of two large and influential churches. And Pastor Mike at Prince of Peace in Springfield and Pastor Chris Singer at Trinity in Klein, Texas. You're the only church in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod that has done that. Because this is a place where people can grow and take chances and do their thing. And now we have a deep, deep bench Leaders like Betsy Kunow and Jake Hollitz, like Pastor Trevor and Pastor Nathan. I could go on and on and on. Our lay leaders who provide so much wisdom. People like Ken Santini and Dana Clark and Tim Peters. There's so many more. Marianne McQuiston, Fred Whitaker, all of those who have stepped up and helped. I'm grateful for the times of encouragement and the challenging times that we've gone through. And so many lessons that I've learned some born out in tears and other born out in applause. The third thing I'm mindful of about our congregation is God's presence at St. John's. It's almost been impossible to screw up and I have tried marvelously. It's really, really hard to screw things up. God seems to have a hand of blessing upon this congregation that he doesn't have in the same way in any other congregation and so many other congregations don't experience it. It's a combination between high expectations and grace. It's a combination of, of being able to handle what we can handle well and trusting God for the, the rest. It's about being mellow and not self-serving and watching God bring the increase. I do believe we are coming out of this COVID period stronger as a congregation, more aligned together as a congregation, and more about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a marvelous gift it is to serve here. You make it easy, and you make it fun. He alone is our rock. He alone is our salvation. He is our fortress. And we will not be shaken. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that days like today we get to look forward and look back. 
We look forward to Wednesday, this campus going absolutely bonkers with young people and their families. Be with us that day, Lord. Send the spirit of your grace, the warmth of your love, and the, the kindness of a whole congregation to reach out to those little people. Bless their parents to let them know that uh, they are on the rock of Jesus and his love here. Be with our faculty and our staff and all who will serve. Thanks for an opportunity, Lord, too, today to go down memory road just a little bit to celebrate your goodness and your love shown to this congregation from 1882 to this very day. All these things we gather and we pray in Jesus' name.